Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, along with Ronnie Burton as our guest for his we're gonna we're gonna go episode 2.5 uh as we you know we were recording this mini series with Ronnie you know things emerged as as a you know a daily change in, in our society and and we want to try and prepare for uh some different opportunities that are going to exist uh and help our audience understand those different opportunities in uh the lights of college athletics student athletes um you know episode three with ronnie talks about the student athlete transition and episode two talks about kind of the soft skills hard skills so it fits perfectly in between ronnie let's dive in welcome to the podcast Hey, thanks for having me back, Jake. You know, we, we have a great time just chopping it up and talking about uh, the new topics within this, within this industry. And, you know, as you're talking about uh, the new kind of update within sports business, especially in college athletics, is the name, image, and likeness decision um, that the NCAA is starting to move on. Uh, the NCAA Board of Governors said that they would, they're moving to prove the, that, that student athletes can now profit off their name, image, and likeness so they can accept endorsements and those types of things. There's a lot of legality and some logistics to kind of go through as they try to pass it. Uh, but in the gist, uh, you have student athletes now, if you're an NCAA division one, two or three athlete, uh, you can now uh, gain, you know, you can make money off your NIL, right? That's social media, whether that's endorsement deal, whether that's a brand, um, you have the opportunity to monetize um, your name, image, and likeness. And this is going to create a whole new uh, era and a lot of different changes that might be some opportunities for both the student athlete, but also for those who are practitioners um, and, and, and work within the sports business right now. Yeah, I mean, you, you bring up a good, great point in that um, things are shifting, changing, evolving, just as they always are, right? But this, this is kind of a big shift uh, in how things used to be. And, you know, you and I were both student athletes um, that didn't exist when, when we were playing. Not that, you know, uh, uh, we would have made tons of money or anything like that. But, um, you know, just the opportunities that exist now that we're both in the sports business industry and you kind of understand the impact and the, and the, um, relevance to uh, ultimately how how wide of a scale this pertains to right and you know you look at division one two three njcaa i mean there's so many uh, student athletes out there that this can affect um, and and i think you know the best way to start this conversation would be to talk about kind of the athlete content strategy right so if you are the student athlete and you're building your brand and you have the opportunity to as you said uh, kind of either get endorsement deals, um, et cetera. How do you build an athlete content strategy, Ronnie? Well, I mean, it, it, it really depends. And, you know, one thing that I want to talk about, we live in a world of influencers, right? Uh, whether that's on YouTube or it's Instagram or Twitter, uh, social media stars, I don't think are going away. Um, and the way that we consume content is changing. It's very, very social media. More people, uh, I think, get their news from Twitter um, and Instagram and Facebook maybe than they do the regular uh, normal, you know, media outlets that we have. And as young people, you know, millennials, Generation Z, I generation, um, have taken, you know, we've grown up with a lot of this stuff. It's created some opportunities, right? Not to kind of look at celebrity culture like Kim Kardashian or uh, Kylie Jenner, but they were able to utilize social media and to take their followers to another level, but also monetize it. 
uh, but we're also seeing that within sports, whether you follow Steph Curry, uh, Joel Embiid, uh, think about some of the numerous uh, athletes you follow, Cristiano Ronaldo, they said that he probably makes, you know, in the tens of millions of dollars per year just off of social media posts um, and utilizing his brand to grow. And now it's going to trickle down, I believe, to the high school stages. You look at Zion Williamson, for example, he had, you know, over a million followers on Instagram before he ever stepped foot on, on Duke's campus. Because of the NCAA rules at the time, he couldn't monetize off his name, image, and likeness, but that has value. And so now if you're a student athlete that's lucky enough to be recruited by a power five school or even division one, two or three, but you have a following now it's, it talks of, I think we need to look at how can I build my brand and how can I make myself, um, I guess, desirable to companies to want to work with if that is something that's available to you and what type of strategies do we look into, right? Um, and one of the things I think it starts with is the recruiting process, right? A lot of kids start getting their followings once they begin the recruiting process. As coaches start following them, and then the fans of the schools that, the, that are, they're being recruited by start following them. Then all of a sudden, the kid who had no followers, uh, you know, as a freshman in high school, now is a junior and a four-star prospect, and he has 25,000 uh, followers on Twitter and another 100,000 on Instagram. And so, you know, from this standpoint, I think this, this creates a dynamic where kids have to start thinking about how they want people to perceive them earlier. I know as a young person, you go through a lot of changes in your adolescent years, but, you know, using your parents and other support systems around you, you know, how can I represent myself on Twitter? How can I represent myself on Instagram? How can I present myself, you know, on Facebook? That could be desirable for a company a brand to want to align with me if you're one of those lucky few to get that following to do so but that that presents a lot of challenges as well yeah i mean and you and when you really think about it too it's not only you know take the zion williamson example or anyone who just went in the nfl draft right they've got these following these massive followings now as a pro athlete um but you know, the trickle down, as you mentioned, to college and to high school, I mean, you think about like Texas high school football, right, or, or for basketball in, um, you know, New York or, or some of like those big areas in, you know, Chicago, et cetera. Uh, I mean, these followings for, for the student athletes uh, can become their own business, right? You know, their own LLC, if you, if you want to call it that. And, and it's also a valuable lesson for those in the sports business industry to also take kind of account how they are running their own shop, right? Because there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from the, uh, from the athletes that, that are doing it really well. Well, exactly. And, you know, in terms of from a sports business standpoint, I think this is going to also, you know, there are going to be some more jobs right now, uh, 10 years ago, having a social media strategist on your staff or your front office, if you were a professional team or a college team was kind of unheard of, maybe even 20 years ago you know, now that we're in 2020, you know, that wasn't even thought of, right? We didn't even have Facebook in the year 2000. Now, if you look at the opportunities, you have digital content managers, digital content strategy, social media strategy. Um, you have traditional communications, marketing, branding. You're seeing the confluence of all this, and that's what happens. You know, that all these little things have factors in athlete content strategy. And if you're working at a division one institution or for a professional team, you know, I think there's going to be some more opportunities that come about with this athlete content strategy, uh, right? You see a lot of sports agencies, right? When you work at Washington Media Group, CAA, where they're building the brands of their athletes to commodify for endorsements. 
I wouldn't be surprised if there are roles within some of these Power Five schools uh, to help provide those resources to some of these kids uh, as this ruling kind of gets figured out, right? You know, why can't you have, you know, a, a social media content strategist there that works directly with your student athletes if you're at the University of Michigan, right? You know, I think it helps. I don't think every single student athlete's parents can essentially help them with that. Also, we have very strict rules around agents, right? Do we allow these kids to have an agent represent them, you know, for their endorsement deals or whatever brands are able to align with? Or do we leave that to the schools, right? And so these questions are going to be filtered out. And if you're looking forward, let's say you're a kid who's a junior and senior in college and you're looking at getting your master's in sports management or whatever, you always have to go where the puck is going, right? This is a Wayne, Wayne Gretzky kind of quote. So in the next five years, maybe your understanding of social media, branding and marketing could end up being a role where you're overseeing athlete content strategy for a school that's working on helping uh, their individual student athletes as they negotiate this NIL process, or it could be you doing bigger things for a professional team. Also, there might be a huge market for high school kids, right? That's where you're going to see this really jump off because there's not, I don't know many parents who have an expertise in this when their 15-year-old five-star recruit all of a sudden has 25,000 followers and brands are coming, you know, at them left and right. Um, there's going to be so many things that kind of come out of this. So being prepared to where everything is going is big. Well, you know, you mentioned the kind of be prepared for any opportunity that can come and, and becoming an expert. I mean, I even think back to, to the, the book I co-authored on 20 Secrets to Success for NCAA student-athletes who won't go pro. I mean, look, Ronnie, we know the realities of going pro and, and, and the slim chances that, that are out there. Um, we don't want to crush dreams, right? Everyone can have their dream, but how can you utilize and maximize your experience that you have as a student athlete to prepare you for life, right? And that is what being a student athlete is all about. And everyone will, would agree with that in the sense that if you do go pro, great, um, fantastic. And it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity to take advantage of. But if you don't, right, how do you take advantage of your experience that now will also encompass, you know, more of a business aspect, you know, to your point, mentioning like the athlete content strategy, right? Being able to maybe do that for the college after you're done playing or, you know, for the professional team, right? There's a lot of different opportunities and even potentially for the brands out there in terms of who do you invest in? Well, exactly. And, you know, just this made me think about a book that, that you know, I don't know if a lot of you guys within sports business have probably read books by, by Jeremy Darlow. Uh, he has a book out actually called Athletes Are Brands Too, right? It goes, How Brand Marketing Can Save Today's Athlete. This is a book, so I'm plugging it. Um, but one of the things that he talks about, there's this really cool graph. It's called The Window of Athletic Influence, right? And it talks about how, like, you know, this window of influence you have as a student athlete um, and how that kind of works and how you can kind of maximize those opportunities. So one of the things that starts off, the first portion of this little, like, you know, diagram here, it says, it has athletes makes varsity starting lineup. So that's the beginning of your arc. Let's say you make your varsity team as a freshman. You're the first person in your school to do so. That's when you're starting to build what that notoriety, right? Um, at that point, you know, then all of a sudden you start to receive college offers. That, 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 that arc is going up, right? So your notoriety is continuing. And then all of a sudden you, co you commit to a, a power five school, right? That arc is even higher, right? And then you look at it. You're, you win a starting job as a freshman, and, and now you're the starting quarterback at a Power 5 school, and you're at 
the peak of you know your influence right and so as you look at it you know your influence goes up but then on that arc it starts to trend down so let's say you start as a high as you go from a high school student athlete to a highly recruited athlete to a starter on a power five team but as we know let's say this is an nfl athlete nfl stands for not for long you get drafted in the late rounds right after you get drafted that might be the peak of your influence but then it starts to trend downward because usually if you look at the length of time of your career it's gonna be two to three years so the question is what are you going to do on that arc as you're looking to build your brand? So your notoriety and the impact you can have, you know, kind of coincides at once uh, so you can build it, right? And that's like the type of arc you have to look at. So once again, athletes are brands too, right? The window of athletic influence. There's a, there's a key correlation between that and your, and your following on social media and your following on Twitter and your kind of brand awareness, so to speak. And understanding, you know, the type of athletic success, success you have and your athletic influence, you know, understanding how those things are linked can really help you as you go throughout that arc because it doesn't last forever, right? And so to be able to commodify and build your brand, just like what you do in your book, Jake, you talk about, well, how can I utilize the, my time as a student athlete to best position myself uh, as I transition to a different career? This is the same exact thing, but how do you use that sphere of influence to maybe commodify and monetize to the best of your ability, you know, as you continue to grow as an athlete. Yeah, I mean, you make a great point. And, and obviously the not for long is, is um, something that exists, you know, regardless of what sport you're playing, right? And, and ultimately, whether it's basketball, volleyball, softball, soccer, swimming, I mean, it all ends at some point, right? Some, um, you know, the, the, the very, very few that are able to make runs into their late 30s and early 40s from a career perspective, they'll be fine anyways, right? And, and um, they've done well for themselves and they've built their brand. But even those people still have another 20, 30 years of, well, what's next? So when you think about the, the, the strategy behind it, Let's just say, you know, case study, right? Ronnie, you know, we'll take your story, for example. Um, you were a student athlete in which you didn't go pro, but you had five years to compete uh, due to a, uh, a redshirt year, right? And, you know, ultimately, you know, you've got that time to, to maximize uh, and kind of get to the peak of, of what you're talking about from a brand perspective. But it's also, what do you do with it afterwards, right, to help you in whatever it is you do. Obviously, now you're working in the sports business industry and, and um, you've got that brand as itself, but, but we all go through stages and transitions in life. So how do you set up your strategy to succeed, whether you're going from high school to college, college to the working world or college to pro and then pro to the working world, right? There's all these different levels of transitions. How do you set up your strategy so that it can be successful no matter what twists and turns you end up taking, because we all know, you know, you could get injured, this can happen, that can happen, whatever the case might be. And you gotta be prepared to take advantage of, of what you've got built uh, and be able to hit the curveball. I think, you know, the biggest thing is, and I'm gonna take it a little bit to core values, right? So, you know, whether, you're, whether or not you get to play professionally for 10 years, or you play five years as a, as a college student athlete, um, your brand and your values are what lasts the most, right? Um, you know, I was talking to my brother, he played football at the University of Kansas, he walked on and then earned a scholarship. Um, and he says, you know, regardless of when I come back and see my teammates, one of the things that they say to me are, you know, 
you know, Ryan, you were one of the hardest workers I've ever seen. I hated going against you in practice because I knew you were going to bring it every single day. That's a core value that, that he utilized and he was able to take in, uh, you know, to his life in the private sector now and his work life post being a student athlete. I think it's the same thing when you're building your brand. Like when you start as that high schooler and you all of a sudden make that varsity team, what do people remember you as? Were you that kid who was a good sport? Were you that kid that treated everybody well in school? What values did you align with? How did you represent yourself on social media? So as you're building that arc and that, that, that arc of influence that you have, you know, keep those things in mind because whether or not you play professionally or whether or not you play for five years as, as a student athlete in college and then you transition to that, those core values are what align you as a person. And also, if you're one of those lucky people to maybe become an influencer and you're able to use your name, image, and likeness, it's those core values that make things go. If you take Michael Jordan, for example, Michael Jordan is synonymous with excellence, right? The Jordan brand, that's what it's synonymous about. That guy won six championships, right? The reason why we have, you know, the documentary out right now, you know, about MJ and, 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 and the Bulls, right, is because the last dance is because he, he exuded excellence, right? It doesn't have to be that you're an NBA champion, that you can exude excellence every day. And if you happen to be able to build on that brand and sustain that excellence, whether you're doing that as an engineer or as a student athlete, you'll be able to be able to grow and you'll be able to transition into to separate things. Once again, core values based. So I'll pick up on your core values point because, you know, if you are able to take advantage of the, the name and image likeness, brands want to associate with good people, right? That's one. And then as you go and start a career, whether it's in sports or not, people want to hire good people, right? So what is what are those core values? What does your brand stand for? And this ultimately, Ronnie, is is it's an episode about, hey, what are the you know opportunities that exist with you know what comes of NIL and there's gonna be business opportunities, there's gonna be abilities to um, take advantage of your student athlete experience more so for some than others and whatnot but it still goes back to uh, the core principle of um, how do you build a brand, right? What is your strategy? What is your personal strategy to build who Ronnie Burton is or uh, whoever, you know, enter name here, right? Exactly. And, you know, you have to stay true to those. Like some of mine are, you know, I'm very, very service oriented. Um, you know, I have high integrity. Uh, I, I enjoy working hard and pushing myself to a limit. I like to be elite in that sense. Um, you know, there's so many things that come around that, right, in terms of who I am, right? There's a whole list. And, you know, you try to stay true to those things, right? Try to humility, right? Um, you know, excellence, service, integrity. You can think about all the types of buzzwords, right, that, that you know, make up someone's core values. But the more consistent you are and who you are, right, the more likely that, that you're going to be a consistent worker, you're going to be a consistent student athlete, a uh, consistent father, a uh, consistent, you know, family man. Those are the things that brands want to align with. Um, I'm not a marketing strategist. That's not, that's not necessarily my forte. But when you look at, you know, some of the brands out there today, like Nike, what do they stand for, right? You know, who are they? Uh, Adidas, who are they, right? I'm just thinking about Under Armour, who are they? right? What type of values do they, do they care about? And how does that align with you? And that's the same thing, whether you're a, a brand is looking to align with you for an endorsement, or if you're looking to align with that brand when they're trying to offer you a job, or you're going through the interview process, right? 
all this stuff is all intertwined. It's all relatable. Uh, as we wrap up the episode, you know, what are your two biggest takeaways and, and what are the two kind of big, big, we'll call them rocks or, or nuggets that you're looking at uh, for the future as this, you know, does continue to evolve? Um, I think the biggest thing is uh, from a sports business standpoint, we'll start with that. Uh, for people who are practitioners, who are, who are working in the space, be on the lookout for the jobs that might be coming out that directly impact the NIL. For example, it could be an athlete content strategist on a campus uh, for, for a university. It could be working with high school elite athletes. I'm not saying that that is going to happen, but looking at how fast things are changing, I know there are a lot of people who need expert consultation in that. People, you know, high school students and their families, they aren't experts in and you know content strategy right and so if you are currently working within this space maybe you're doing social media content for a team right and you're like huh this might be a cool place to maybe pivot maybe there's something out there there's an opportunity for you maybe if you're a college senior and you and you majored in communications with emphasis and and social media marketing this might be an opportunity for you so be prepared for what's going to spin off additionally right if you're currently working in the space and let's say you're an athletic administrator at a school how can we best educate our student athletes on what, what the expectations are with something like this? I think this is a brand new opportunity to teach kids about business, about entrepreneurship, right? You are the business in the business of yourselves. And how can these institutions who are of higher learning create, you know, these learning pathways for student athletes who have the opportunities to take advantage of this, right? Because this is a great experiential opportunity. And then finally, um, you know, if you're a high school student athlete, be prepared to take advantage of this and start aligning your brand and your core values. And, and don't be afraid. Learn about content strategy yourself. Learn about marketing yourself. Learn about these other means of communication that can help build your brand. You know, who knows? That could be a, a huge opportunity for you if you're a high school athlete and for parents out there, you know, and you have a highly recruited athlete, be prepared, get the knowledge uh, so you can best, uh, you know, support your, your kid as they go through the process. And, and truly, there's no one that's too big or too small. I mean, it, it, this, you know, just as businesses uh, are in, in this world, right? We got small businesses, we got big, big, bigness, big businesses. So, uh, Ronnie, I, I can't thank you enough for, for your time and uh, insights into this topic. I think it'll certainly be uh, one to watch for, obviously. And um, looking forward to the rest of your series, uh, you know, as we release the episodes. But Appreciate the time. I appreciate it, Jake.